Hi, this is Kyle. And this is Rich. Welcome to episode 83 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week it's Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Let's get into it. For this one, you need to add uh, that that thing that um, Phil's got on his kit that no one else seems to ever right. have had in the in the history of thing. The thing that sounds like a rattlesnake. Yeah, that's fine. I can do that. Just just add that to the. Just do a bit of that. Yeah, sure. How are you, Kyle? I'm fine. I'm fine, Rich. Uh, yeah, all good. Like I think we speaking off air. A very sort of uneventful week in my life. Uh, busy weekend yeah. ahead. Uh, saw a good gig on Tuesday, but otherwise quite relaxed. What about you? You okay? Yeah, all good. Um, nothing too crazy to report. I have brought show and tell though, which yes! is usually your trick, not mine. Uh, my sister and my brother-in-law got me this book for Christmas, which I've taken the dust cover off. So, But can you guess who that is just from the outline drawing? It looks like Jonathan Van Ness. It does look like Jonathan Van Ness, and it's someone I love... Pretty much as much. Oh, okay. It's, uh, Mr. D- Mr. Dave Grohl. Oh, and I now I see it. Now it definitely looks like Dave yeah. Grohl. Yes. Oh, that's his autobiography. Um, I forgot he'd written a book, of course. Yes, the storyteller. Yes. And uh, so I'm reading that at the moment, which mm-hmm. is, is really fun. It is, his, good. it is his biography, right? It's not like a collection of, you know, like on the road stories or something. It is actually... No, his... no, it's a biography. Yeah, okay. Um, it's sort of like his life. Uh, he, he says like very early on in it, like he has like this uncanny memory for like remembering memories via music so it's basically like okay each chapter is about obviously it's about music because he's dave Grohl. yeah but it's sort of done in like a um this is these are like the musical chapters of my life sort of thing got you that's cool um and yeah just like listening to well not listening reading about like him learning drums is just the funniest thing in the world i mean give me yeah. an excerpt give me a give me a hint i do need to read it actually well when when he was like 12 he used to go to this jazz club with his mum Right, and they and they would have like a thing, like part of the session where they'd be like, "Put your name on the sheet, you can come up and jam." A jazz jam, a jazz jam, and uh, Dave Grohl's mum goes, "Oh, David, as it's my birthday, it would really make me happy if you went up there." (laughs) Twelve-year-old David Grohl, yeah, he was like, "Okay, (laughs) mum." So he goes up there and just like does his thing, yeah, sort of keeps up, and uh, and then the the jazz drummer who's part of that thing turns out he does lessons and right. uh, so dave's like oh you know it'd be great if you could teach me so he like sets up his kit in his living room this guy comes around to teach him and he goes okay kid show me what you know and he just like smashes things out yeah. for like a few minutes and then the the guy goes okay lesson number one you hold the sticks the other way around <laughs> <laughs> and that's li- and then literally that was the only lesson he's ever had he was too embarrassed he was just like well this isn't working for me yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, yeah. Dave. Christ alive. He made a show for Paramount, the TV thing, with about, like, rock mums. Have you seen this? Cradle to... Great. No, Cradle to Stage. Yeah, like Tom Morello and his mum. his mum made, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Sorry, yeah. About, like... I think about, his mum made it about... Yeah. Yes, about him and, and uh, Geddy Lee, his mum, and, and Tom Morello's yeah. mum. Yeah, I've not watched it because it was on, like, Paramount Plus or whatever the hell there streaming thing yeah. was but i hope it comes to something yeah. i can see because i really want to watch yeah. it <laughs> oh dave uh other than that though we've been listening to i mean you know yeah. it, it couldn't have picked it better could it after our discussion about metallica yeah exactly straight out of early thrash to the to the four forerunner of thrash yeah so how what's your you know knowledge of motorhead prior to this week uh well, I think I've mentioned before they were the first band I ever went to see live. Yes, you have. So they were supported by Sepultura, who we've already talked about. But yeah, um, yeah so Motorhead were the first band I saw. I was thirteen. I was with yeah. my dad, uh, and I looked at the the set list from it. Um, they only played three songs from this album. That okay, night. right. Uh, but they also only played three songs from the album they were touring. So, <laughs> <laughs> what was the rest of the gig? Just random, like a song from this one, a song from that one. I mean, they they'd made like twenty albums by that point. Yeah, I mean, they must play so about eight hundred songs a night, mustn't they? 
They played 20 that night, apparently. Christ, okay. And the show was 40 um, minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was home in time for dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually can't. I didn't write down which ones it was. I think it was... Ace of Spades? Uh, Ace of Spades might have, might have happened, yeah. I actually, yeah. in... This is going to come up later on as we speak about the songs, but at if. the time, <laughs> I I could have sworn they played Ace of Spades twice. <laughs> but I think it's just that some of them sound quite similar to Ace of Spades, uh, and they're not Ace of Spades. Yeah, that's so good. Um, you, oh, just that's reminded me. Just yeah. out, out pro nothing. Have you ever seen? You know how funny James Blunt is, just on in in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen? He posted like last year. He did like a a gag post of his latest tour set list. He was like rehearsing for the new tour. Did you ever see it? No. It was it was fifteen songs, and all of them were "You're Beautiful." But then track track uh, number thirteen after the encore was "Enter Sandman." He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a hero. He really is. God, I love him. Um. So yeah. So I I sort of, I mean, I couldn't have named a single other song of theirs. M- maybe Overkill. Uh, yeah, uh, because course. it was on Guitar Hero. That's the only reason I ever knew yeah. Overkill. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, that was the that was the final song they played that night. Not oh, Ace of Spades. Bloody hell! Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I knew those two songs, uh, but I didn't know anything about this album apart from the title track. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How about you? Same. Same. This the title track and Overkill from Guitar Hero. That is yeah. the extent of my knowledge. And you know, Lemmy obviously, and the fact yeah. that people like Metallica are, are big fans of. Of, of them and, and they, they sort of helped that whole scene grow. So do you want to do, wanna yeah. do a, a brief history of Motorhead? We're, we're quite early in their sort of recording sure. career. So. They, have a, they have a ridiculous history. Yes, they do. Yes, come on. <laughs> um, okay, so, so let me... St- I mean, he started as a, as a road, roadie yep. for Jimi Hendrix, which I did not know. Um, nope. Then he was in a band called Hawkwind, which I was aware of, uh, but I, I didn't... I didn't really know where that fitted in. I didn't realise that was completely before yeah. uh, Motorhead. Um, so he was in that band. He got arrested and therefore fired from that band, uh, arrested in Canada for drug possession. Yeah. But he didn't... None of the charges stuck because they arrested him for possession of coke and he actually had uh, meth on right. him. So, <laughs> so uh, because they got the wrong drug, they didn't actually have a criminal charge wow. that, that worked. Wow. Um, which is hilarious. Um, so yeah so he got fired from Hawkwind and he was like right I need to do something else Uh, and there's a quote from him saying that his his aim was to concentrate on very basic music loud, fast, city, raucous, arrogant paranoid, speed freak, rock and roll so loud that if we move in next door to you your lawn will die yeah (laughs) Uh, which I think is very uh, very spot on, very accurate yeah I was going to say that as like a a thingy of food for thought yeah yeah sorry yeah no it's fine um and so he formed motorhead with uh, a guitarist called larry wallace and a drummer uh oh god where's the drummer gone lucas fox they sort of played around a bit uh they decided that they need a second guitarist so they got uh eddie clark and then literally as eddie came in as a second guitarist um phil uh, not for, Larry. Uh, Larry Wallace went. No, I don't really fancy this yeah. anymore, and left. So that they just replaced him. They didn't get a second guitarist. Yeah. Um, so then that's when Eddie enters the scene, and then I, I couldn't. I didn't actually see where the the drummer change happened. Yeah. But, um, uh, they basically they sort of talked this guy into coming to a gig of theirs. He missed the gig, but saw them backstage and was like, "Here, I'll pay for you for." To, yeah. to do to do like two days recording and to do a single yeah. and they went I see your single well I'll try and get 11 songs yeah. recorded in those two days <laughs> yeah. and they did and somehow it turned into an album that charted yeah <laughs> it's like in two days I know absolutely nuts um, God. and then so that was their self-titled and then they did Overkill and Bomber both in 79 and then this album Ace of Spades came out in 1980 it certainly um, did. Yeah, with having had like a previously unreleased EP re-released between those two. Yeah, because well. they got famous um, enough for, for the record label to yeah. let it see the light yeah. of day, yeah. 
Um, so then here we've got the lineup here is Lemmy on bass and vocals, obviously. Uh, fast Eddie Clark yeah. on guitars. And uh, Phil, Filthy Animal, yeah. uh, Taylor on drums. And yeah. that's sort of, that's uh, typically thought of as the classic Motorhead lineup. Even yeah. though it wasn't the original one and it's uh, it wasn't the one that sort of endured forever. But all their big releases like Overkill, Bomber, Ace of Spades and, and through the 80s and 90s, that was their lineup. Yeah. Generally. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So you wanted to quickly mm. talk about, we don't always talk about the cover of an album, but off air you said <laughs> you called it ridiculous. So should we quickly have a chat about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of their albums, I mean, they've got like one of the most iconic and like most metal logos in the world. Yeah. With their like snaggletooth, um, uh, what's the word? Um, he's like a mascot almost. He's a bit yeah. like, um, bit like Eddie, Eddie from, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Iron Maiden. Um, this you know this sort of creature with fangs and chains and stuff yeah and most of their album covers are variations of that in in color and in different different sort of types yeah and on this one it's just the three of them dressed up as cowboys <laughs> dressed up as cowboys yeah on some hill apparently the sky yeah. is painted in because it was a shit day so the blue sky yeah. is is all after effects. Ah, oh, fucking, it's yeah, so I good. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be them in a desert. And apparently, it's just them in a sand pit in North yeah. London. <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. brilliant. So it did quite well. I mean, it, it did really strangely in in charts. It got to number four in the UK, which is their highest still to date. Yeah, um, and very high, really. Mm. Uh, Barbara Streisand was number one at the time. I mean, what can you do? And it actually got to number 201 in America, so it didn't officially chart, because obviously oh, the billboard is so close. billboard 200. <laughs> so didn't didn't actually chart there. And then it re-entered the charts in 2020, I guess. There wasn't actually a tw- uh, like a 40-year anniversary remaster or anything. Right. But I guess because it was 40 years, people were probably talking about it enough that it re-entered some yeah. charts not over the not in the UK or the US but a lot of european charts it re-entered okay um which is yeah strange strange um it sold 100,000 copies in the UK uh i i saw somewhere else that as a band they have in total sold 15 million albums mm. but i i sort of find that hard to believe if this only sold 100,000 in the UK and this was their Biggest album. album. Yeah, I would agree. But maybe like 40 years is enough time like to slowly... Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I don't but, know how many... They did I quite mean, a few albums, right? So maybe... They've done 22 albums, but yeah. that's still like nearly a million per album. Yeah, that's true. And I don't true. know if that's necessarily the case. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, it was produced by Vic Mayo, who had worked with Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Fleetwood Mac, The Who. Like he was pretty big name but also not someone that they ever thought of about working with because he didn't like all those bands none of those bands are actually it's not like he'd worked with Iron Maiden yeah uh what's that uh, Judas Priest and, and things like that there he, he is he was working with very much a different breed of band mm. um and it was uh released on Bronze Records which was owned by Jerry Bron um sure they they were generally known for as as the uh basically he was a producer um and they were known for producing all of uriah heaps records okay and uh and then they also had hawkwind so maybe lemmy already knew about them they also had girl school on their label as well so sort of a very girl school they were like a all female i don't know whether they were new wave of British heavy metal or if they were rock and roll like I don't know but they were like an all female band from around okay. there wow. who they I think they supported Motorhead on a on a tour when they when Ace of Spades came out got you okay yeah I just remember them being on one of those like classic rock compilations oh okay from Sainsbury's they had Sainsbury's. a song on there I can't remember what it was but. yeah okay yeah so that's that's some facts for you some cold those are the facts, facts. Now we're going to get onto opinion. <laughs> <laughs> nope, all facts, all the way down. We should probably talk about like 
legacy, I suppose, because we've already sort of hinted mm. at, and last week we talked about how Metallica, like Lars, was the bloody head of the Motorhead fan club. Um, mm-hmm. But we should talk about how, as you said, they sort of get lumped in with that new wave of British heavy metal, the Iron Maiden, the yeah. Judas Priest. And I think they mildly rail against it, or at least Lemmy, you know, like... Yeah. Uh, and we'll obviously talk about it, but I think I would be inclined to agree that they're not... I wouldn't say that they're... Pati- like, obviously, Ace of Spades, you can hear how it became something like Thrash. But yeah. I would say over- the overall, like, overall feel I get from Motorhead is not heavy metal. No, not at all. I think people confuse them for being metal because they inspired yeah. me- like Thrash and things. But yeah. I think what they inspired is far more metal than what they were. I think they saw themselves definitely as like a rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that he's he has said in the past that they were a bit late for the <clears throat> like the classic heavy metal era of Led Zepp and Deep Purple and things like that. And they yeah. were a bit too early for the bands like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. And they were sort of in the middle and sort of doing something else. And yeah. they didn't really know where they fitted in, really. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but even so, yeah, it obviously has had a huge impact um, and it was number 408 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Wow, an album they like. An album they actually like. Mm. That's what not did, What did they give it the first Bruce time? Bruce I didn't... Mm, in, I mean, their album guide gives it four and a half out of five, but I'm sure their review at the time probably said like... Yeah. Three, two and a half? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I bet every... If you looked at that top 500 albums, I bet most of them got three-star reviews because... Yeah, they'd like they just don't. Actually, no, I say that, and then I bet number one's never mind. Best album of all time. <laughs> Best album of all time. Three out of five. Fucking rock um, stuff. Yes. Uh, what else to say? I did notice that. Um, not that this has anything to do with this album particularly, but do you remember we brought up um, probably several months ago now that they were Grammy nominated for a cover of Whiplash. From yes. Kill 'em All. I do. Well. So in their whole history, Motorhead have been nominated for four Grammys. Yeah. And two of them are for Metallica covers. What? What's the other one? They did an Enter Sandman cover. No. <laughs> and uh, and got Grammy nominated for it. I mean, it's it's silly. Just nominate them for their own songs. Yeah, that's mad. Okay, I'm going to have to find that because I can't even imagine how that sounds. Yeah. Um, and three of their four Grammy nominations are, are since the year 2000. Which is just silly. Of course. When they were most famous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, obviously we're we're getting very off topic. We're getting back into Grammy slamming territory. What? Um, what else to say? Uh, I think that they're... I don't know how necessarily how much this will come out when we go song by song, but I think their relationship with Vic, their producer, was really interesting by the sounds of it. Yes. Yeah, I heard about this. Do you want to <laughs> dig in? I mean, it sounds like if he had... He sounds like a very sort of like softly spoken and Mm. sort of quite demure guy and who just knew exactly what he needed from them and but that was probably on the complete other end of the spectrum personality-wise to them. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not verbatim, but pretty much they basically said, like, um, if it wasn't for his like diabetes and the fact that he's sort of like quite delicate we would have just like beaten him up if he disagreed with us (laughs) but because he was like delicate in their words they couldn't and therefore they had to listen to him yeah why not just listen to him anyway he's a bloody producer yeah jesus christ yeah it sounds like they were like not necessarily the most cohesive unit as a band necessarily a bit volatile i guess so yeah without him there like you say, I guess, inadvertently being delicate enough to sway them, the album probably wouldn't yeah. have been made or would have, you know, sounded a bit different, perhaps. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, um, mad. Because I think, I think there was a lot of, like, infighting in the band mm-hmm. as well, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty funny. It was recorded in two months, which, given that they uh, made their first one in two days, is must have felt like Lazy. ages for them, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, God. Exactly. Two days. Christ, the last year Black Sabbath, <laughs> isn't it? Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, they did it in two days, didn't they? Because they, they had did, a plane yeah. to catch. Yeah, they had to get going. No time. 
No time to die. Christ alive. Uh, should we do a track list and get in? I think we probably should. Let's okay. So, you going? Me going? You you can go. Oh, what a treat. Okay, we've got Ace of Spades, Love Me Like a Reptile, Shoot You in the Back, Live to Win, Fast and Loose, Brackets, We Are the Road Crew, Fire Fire, Jailbait, Dance, Bite the Bullet, The Chase is Better Than the Catch, and The Hammer. Mm. And uh, I was actually listening to an extra song for most of the week. Right. <laughs> I was listening to Dirty Love as well. Which, oh, okay. Because uh, I didn't... Because the, uh, the one on Spotify is like this really long like four disc edition yeah and i didn't know where it actually stopped yeah so you just so kept going annoying. this album just is four going. hours long yeah <laughs> i mean did you actually there was after dirty love there was an alternate version of ace of spades and it's so different it's is it? so weird yeah oh i might have a cheeky listen right now i've got it up give me just a second go for it it's already starting differently what the hell's this what? That's a different song. <laughs> oh, there's the E chord. But where? He's not singing yet. When did, does he ever start singing? Oh, there he is. Or maybe it's a G. G, and then down to E. I mean, you can sort of see what happened, but yeah, okay. Very odd version. Oh, there's alternate versions of all of them. Oh my god. Excuse us whilst we <laughs> go listen to another album. Do what we should have done during the week. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah okay. Well let's let's start with uh, one of the most iconic rock slash metal songs of all time. Yeah. I mean like as you said, we've already talked about it on the podcast, just not this version. No, exactly. Hang on, I think there might have just been someone at my door. Oh shit. Telling you to shut up. No, no one at the door. No we one at the door. We continue talking about Motorhead. So Ace of Spades. Pretty iconic, isn't it? I mean, yes. Like it's, I, <laughs> it's one of those videos I remember from Kerrang. Lots of, lots of, you know, in amongst all. I think I've seen the video. I mean, it's just a performance video. Uh, really, really blurry, really grainy because it's from the eighties. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of bad miming, so they're not doing what they're like completely wrong. Always wonderful. Okay. Um, yeah. Lemmy doing that thing where his mic is above him, so he's like leaning back the whole time, and I don't know how he ever yeah. looked down at his hands to see what he was doing. I don't uh, think he needed to. He's basically uh, just playing the same. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you can absolutely hear where Lars and James listened to this and went, oh, "We can make it a bit faster, and we can make it yeah. a few more chugs." But you can absolutely hear, like he doesn't stop. Da, 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 like the, da, you know, it's just this for like three minutes. Yeah, I mean, his Phil's drumming in this album is amazing. It's so so good. Yeah, absolutely. Never really appreciated it before. Like when you think about Motorhead, you think about Lemmy. Mm-hmm. But I've never really thought about them. That you you just go, oh, Lemmy's the iconic one. Yeah. But actually, listening to all these songs, you're like, actually, I think Phil is the best one mm. of the three of them. Yeah, Phil's great. Yeah. Like, yeah, he do, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's not, again, it's that thing where he's not like super flashy, you know, but yeah. But he just he's just got a, such a groove to him, such a style to him. And he knows exactly yeah. when to be like, ah, watch this. It's like, oh, yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. He he does a lot of like, he'll do his like super fast, quite Lars type beat. Yeah. But then he knows exactly when to like accent with yeah. all the symbols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um Eddie's like I really like Eddie's playing as well, like his soloing. Like it's not mm-hmm. I think because we listened to Kill 'em All last week and that sort of franticness, yeah. I expect it to be like solo time. Like, you know, his twenty year old Kirk Hammett, like giving it the yeah. everything. But like I feel like Eddie's a bit more, he's a bit more melodic, he's a bit more bluesy, like it's quite, you know, it is kind of rock and roll-y solos, he, he's ne- he never yeah. really shreds, does he? No, no, and we'll, I think maybe we'll get onto that yeah. as the songs go on, but um, I mean this one does have a really cool solo. It does, yeah. Uh, did you know that, um, so Lemmy is like, he he said that he was totally over this song, and he's like, I, I don't see why people love this one any yeah. more than any of our other songs. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he, uh, he spent two years of touring singing the eight of spades yeah. <laughs> just just to see if anyone would realize 
I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so good. Um, and I saw a nice quote from him about this um, this like input that Vic had on them. So he said that the most most notable example is in Ace of Spades, in which Vic convinced the band to use rhythmic wood blocks to enhance the sound of the tune. We're there with these blocks of wood banging them together, Clark told Uncut. He put loads of reverb on, and that's the sound you hear. Dang, 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 clack, clack. Oh! So there's there's like near the end, I, it's um, sort of after the solo, like when the song is pretty much on its way out. Yeah. If you listen like closely in like that sort of classic riff part, mm-hmm. you can hear this sort of like percussion-y like banging. Oh. Well, like mixed in there, it's it's pretty interesting. That's going to change the song for me. Yeah, Christ. Okay. Um, so this song does something which I think a lot of these songs do. Oh yes. Which which is everything he takes from start to finish. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. But lyrically, he sort of yes. takes this one, not very far-reaching idea. Yeah. And somehow attempts to stretch it for three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With like the most strained metaphors yeah. and <laughs> ideas in the world. Yeah, and it's that thing. It is very rock and roll, and again, very that early Metallica, where it's like mm-hmm. it's about money and sex, and it's about rock and roll itself, and it's about gambling and the devil, and it's like the yeah. most. You know, it's very ACDC. That sort of that feel of like the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. like you say, he's not exactly mining, plumbing the depths of his soul, is he? He's like. Let's do, no, let's do one no, about gambling. There's no introspection. No, not really. So I was sort of because he is such such a massive icon. I was, and because this song, like the intro to it and the verses and things are all quite like bass led. Yes. I was sort of expecting most of the album to be bass led. Yeah. That he would be like putting all these flares in. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of not. No. Like he's apart. Like this is. One of the only ones that is quite bass heavy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he's Which got really that me. distorted tone that sort of sits throughout. So you can always, you know, you can always hear him. He is quite separate to the guitar. But yeah, he's like he's a very, very solid bass player. Like he's always, you know, ding a ding a ding a ding. Like he's got his plectrum and he's like yeah. perfectly doing exactly what this sort of music obviously needs. Like it's mostly just chord based. He might like hammer on to the chord, dun 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 that sort of yeah. thing. There's a bit of like matched riffing between the guitar and the bass a Kate like maybe once or twice on the album where they might do like a dun 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 deal yeah. but yeah yeah for the most part it's just your root note yeah and i think this is one of those examples like when we were talking about Steve Harris a few weeks ago oh, and we were saying how people get put in like lists of greatest whatever's of all time yeah i feel like not that I'm saying he's a bad bassist, but I, I think Lemmy would be surprisingly high up that list yes. for someone that doesn't necessarily show a lot of flair. Yes, I agree. I think it's like the package of Lemmy like raises him by sort of fifty percent. But yeah, if you yeah. if you weren't looking and someone just played you ding a ding a ding a ding ding ding, you wouldn't be like, whoa, this is one of the best bassists of all time. Exactly, yeah. Whereas if someone played you Steve Harris going dun, 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 you'd be like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. Um, shall we get on to Love Me Like a Reptile? Sure. We're we- talk about strange metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's do it. So we could probably just, if we just, if you just introduce the song and then we just cut in what we've just said about Ace of Spades, we could probably yeah. end the episode now, I think, and we'll just... Yeah, we'll just do a load of copy and paste for 12 Yeah, I think so, yeah. So you just introduce track three and then we'll do it again and then introduce... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being cruel. Uh, Yes, let's talk about Love Me Like a Reptile. This is very... I just said ACDC. This has that, like... That, like, really simple... That's like a... To me, I don't know much ACDC, but... Like, that sort of really simple riffing. You know what I mean? Like, sort of maybe... It's all, like, major key. It's all, like, around... The same yeah. scale. Yeah. Up a couple of notes to a chord, down those same notes to the next chord. Yeah. Up a couple. Yeah, that's that's very... And I mean, he said like he, wrote, he wants to write simple rock and roll songs. And yeah. that's what he's doing. Most he of these, does. Yeah. yeah. Most of these tracks are basically like, 
one chord for for the verse and then maybe upper chord for the chorus or maybe like one chord and then like basically 12 bar blues four lines on this chord four lines on this chord maybe a little back to the first chord for the verse and it's usually yeah exactly yeah verse chorus verse chorus guitar solo verse chorus end of song within about three minutes yeah and actually uh i mean i i wrote it in shoot you in the back but we're getting get onto it now they don't really do I mean, these first two songs sort of do, but generally they don't really do choruses in the way that you think of choruses. Yeah. It, it's more that they have a verse and the final line of the verse will be the title of yeah. the song. Yeah. And each time it will be rhymed with a different thing. Yes. But, I mean, in Ace of Spades and Love Me Like a Reptile, you've got verses and then they just repeat that title a couple of times and then yeah. go back to a verse. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, generally it's just the final line of each verse they they don't actually hit these choruses there's never a zero chance sort of thing going on like no you know there's there's none of that there's no it's there's never like that is very rock and roll isn't it i guess so yeah there's no like verses no dynamic shifts is what there isn't like it like you say it never feels like ah they've slowed down he's on the ride symbol it there's big hanging chords it's a chorus it's literally just like he changes the chord but the rhythm and the drumming are all matched yeah yes 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 yeah i would agree i i think the the thing that love me like a reptile does which some of them do later on as well is that even though it's this precursor to thrash and that it's sort of stuck in this middle ground between two metal movements and that it's rock and roll and whatever i think they they also sound very like 70s punk as well yeah like, i would say there's there's loads of similarity between this album and something like Sex Pistols or something like that mm-hmm. in that sort of simplicity I mean you listen to Sex Pistols and it is that thing of like major chord scales like it's come from a place of quite simple rock and roll and it's yeah. just a bit more Attitude. anarchistic than that yeah. exactly yeah it's just rock and roll with a bit of spit yeah basically yeah <laughs> yeah and I think this is sort of in, in a similar vein sometimes too mm-hmm. yeah I would absolutely agree should we jump on to shoot you in the back? Um, yeah. Are you shoot sure? You in the back. I love this riff that it starts with. It's just nice to hear like a riff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I know they're very, again very simple, but anything yeah. to you know that's not chords, I'm a big fan of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love the fact that he uh, informs us that it's. Uh, the Western movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good, like, just that he starts a song by going, Western movie! It's like, what? Yeah. And it's so funny because, like, we've had two songs of, like, really stretched basic metaphors. Yeah. And it's like, did you really think we'd listen to this song and not get it? Yeah. <laughs> You actually had to tell us that that's what you're singing about. Uh, yeah. So good. Uh, so, I mean, that yeah. brings us, we've not really talked about Lemmy's voice. No, we haven't. How do you feel about Lemmy's voice? Well, it's really iconic, isn't it? Yes, but yeah. I don't think he... like. I mean, he's not much of a singer, uh, I yeah. don't think. No, yeah. Um, interestingly, I, I saw that he said that working with Vic on this record was like the first time that he'd been pushed to actually sing. Yeah. And previously he was just like shouting. Mm. But, I mean, I've always thought he's sort of shouting anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I was surprised to hear that this was sort of potentially like the peak of his like actual singing. <laughs> his melodic performance. Yeah. Catac- yeah. And again, I, yeah. I think, you know, if, if you, if, if a publication did a list of like 50 greatest rock and metal vocalists, yeah. he'd be in there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's probably not one of the 50 greatest me- rock and metal singers in terms of talent. Yeah. It's just that yeah. he's this persona and he's like the granddad of, of metal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that. I'm sure he would. Oh, grandpappy <laughs> Lemmy. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I I think technically he's not got a very good voice, but yeah, like, and I, you know, you can't, like he does, like you say, he's not very melodic. It's just sort of just that gruff. It's just gruff. And it's weird that there are like, Maybe not harmonies, or maybe just sort of doubling at certain places, and it's very strange mm. to hear that voice like doing something like yeah. a harmony and thinking what. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it's, it goes with the music. That sort of simple rock and roll, fast. But 
yeah, I, 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 it's not a voice that I particularly love, uh, even though I yeah. understand how it works and why it's very iconic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I mean, yeah, that's interesting you say about the harmonies because, like, the the title part of "Love Me Like a Reptile" is actually really nicely melodic. Yeah, uh, it's just few and far between. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's few and far between. Um, but I, I do generally really like this song, Shoot in the Back. I yeah. Think it's really fun. Mm, it is really fun. Yeah. Uh, and it's got a nice, fun pub ending as well. Gotta love a pub end. Yeah. Uh, and then we go straight into a nice bass intro in Live to Win. Yeah. This has got a very, for some reason, like a 70s cop to me. ring a ding a ding They love that. That's a lot of the interplay as well. Is like, if Lemmy's holding down the bass, then Eddie's just doing like double stop. Wow, 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 like that sort of Van Halen. Like he's not playing when he's not going ding a ding a ding a ding along with Lemmy. He's normally somewhere up high, like on the pentatonic. That sort of deal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I didn't actually look at any tabs this week. Are they generally like on the same note? Like when they're like holding down that that same note? Is it? Is this one of those albums that's just always in the same key? I mean, look. No, I can't tell either. Like, I, I guess I've not been paying much attention. It, they strike me as a band that are mostly on your E's, mostly on your yeah. ringa dinga dinga da. But maybe not. I mean, if they're just playing chords, like rock and roll three chord songs, you could kind of play anywhere, couldn't you? And be like, yeah, let's do a twelve bar blues in G, and then you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's not that, not that bad. But no, they they certainly sound like the type of band that would just be in E because it's the easiest one to play. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, how do you feel about Live to Win? Do you like it? I mean, you know, it's all right. It's another sort of song. Uh, it's, got, it's got two so, solos. I was about to say it's got two solos, and you were sort of hinting that you might want to talk more about Eddie. Is now the time, or do you want to wait? Is there a specific moment you've really got in yeah. mind to talk about him? No, no. Yeah, sort of this one. I I think I I generally got a little bit bored of his soloing on this album. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, like, sort of agreeing, but also conversely to what you just said about Kirk soloing like in this it sort of just feels like oh yeah it's solo time again yeah yeah yeah. he just like plays with the scale yeah it's there's never like a it it doesn't feel like emotive in in the way that like a Mark Tremonti like soaring solo would there's no like weird playfulness like Eddie Van Halen it's just Mm -hmm. like yeah cool here's a like a rock and roll solo rock and roll talented soloist sort of thing yeah. but it, there's no like voice to it i guess yeah um yeah. i would i would agree with that i would say like yeah when when i said the ace of spades like the ace of spades solo was good but the fact yeah. that he wasn't shredding was more of a surprise in the context of metallica than it was me saying i've had a wonderful time listening to 12 solos all week or more than that because some of the songs have like yeah. three in them um yeah, you're right. It sort of feels a bit rock and roll solo by numbers, doesn't it? As mean as that sounds, mm-hmm. it is like yeah. go up the pentatonic scale, do some bends, and then back down the pentatonic scale, maybe, and then yeah, uh, yeah, like you say, he's not, he's I, like he's just not really got uh, like his own voice that makes it stand out when when you're listening to that many solos. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, even yeah. though we we on the Tremonti album, we were like maybe too many. At least Mark's got a thing about him you know what I mean where you can always exactly yeah he's at least interesting and and the fact that it is a very fast punky album that only Mm -hmm. lasts 36 minutes it it feels odd that they would then take the time to solo at least once every song yeah (laughs) when when they I don't know it just feels like if you're going to take time to do that despite the genre take time to do other things I don't know yeah like Get, like put a bridge in there maybe <laughs> yeah a try bridge that. yeah absolutely <laughs> try size try an acoustic yeah. guitar <laughs> <laughs> uh, fast and loose I mean it's got that 12-8 feel which you know I'm a sucker for that's true yeah um I, yeah, again, like it's cool. It's got another sort of riff that's actually you know that's that's pretty cool um and then yeah, it's got that double hi hat feel, but then I like it when it more when it breaks down into the like 
halftime swung ride, down, like that sort of feel. Yeah. Uh, that's the sort of thing I want a bit more of, that dynamic shift yeah. of like, hey, look, I can do a halftime ride beat instead of just like. Yeah, and you get that main riff and then sort of out of that creates this other riff and it creates this like really nice texture and uh-huh. like just things going on and it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then Absolutely. it really confuses me, this song. When when it gets to the title part, do we just add an extra beat or does it change tempo for no, like no. the line? No, I think you're right. On? I think it just syncopates an extra beat, da, 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 like, which again is cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's probably one of the ones that I'm less a fan of lyrically, Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it, yeah. Uh, also, he, I mean, he really confuses me here because he... In the second line, he goes, uh, it's 2 a.m., I know you're sleeping, you must be sleeping, why don't you invite me in? Well, that's probably why, because she's sleeping. You know she's sleeping. She must be sleeping. <laughs> it's 2 a.m., Kalemi. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Also, there's a nice uh, throw forward to Kill Em All in this song. After the, uh, after the second chorus, he shouts, no remorse. Oh, that's where they got it from. Fuck it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh, um, right. Anything else to say about Fast and Loose? No. Should we talk about We Are The Road Crew? I love this song. So I heard that there's a story on their like Wikipedia or whatever that this... I mean, maybe it's just him being silly, but he said it. it one of the roadies heard this and he had a, a tear in his eye. Did you hear about I this? I saw the same... Yeah, I saw the same story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which like, baffles me, to be honest. But... Uh, but I guess that's I quite because, sweet if they've been because they don't get remembered very often. Yeah, and they, true. You know, they work hard and they yeah. sort of never stop, and no yeah. one's ever written a song about them. I guess that's the other thing, though, is that what's mildly unfairly spoiled this for me is that Tenacious D have a song about a roadie. Oh right, okay. and so in my head this whole week I just can't sort of help remembering Jack Black singing you know one of his stupid songs about a roadie, uh, okay. which has not helped like this sort of maybe earnest place that Levy's coming from. Anyway, okay. uh, you love this song. Explain. Yeah, I don't know. It just really like I know it sounds exactly the same as all yeah. of the others. <laughs> yes, but there's something about it that just makes me like really happy, and it's like. Yeah, it feels very like montagey. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. another one of these, another one of these, and yeah. like it's just really fun. It's it's. I think it uses that simple structure really well, mm-hmm. like by listing things. You know, it, it feels like you're on an adventure, like you're on yeah. the road, sort of thing. It's yeah. just listing all these things that you can get into. I also love the fact that most of it's about like gigs and working hard and like literally sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But one of the lines in the second um, verse is. Um, another tube of super glue yeah because it's like you're a roadie you're, you're fixing things of course you're using loads of super glue ah, classic that's the one that's the one that got the tear yeah exactly i do use super glue lemmy you're right <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, it just sounds really fun I, I like it it's got this um and then like when they you know they do the verse and then they hit the title and that massive snare and just yeah. straight back in. And yeah. it's just sort of like this weird little like one line interlude and then big snare, go back into it. It's, it's just yeah. fun. It is. And it has a really playful uh, solo in it that's mm-hmm. got a bit of voice to it. It's got like loads of wah. It's just going absolutely nuts. It's not just a straight up um, scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like meander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it sounds fun. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It sort I, of reminds I... me of the Stooges. Okay. Is like a is definitely a vibe that I don't know. Like a lot of it doesn't. I, I know that they're a lot more punky than this, but yeah, it just ha- sort of has that vibe to it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I I hear that. Yeah. How do you feel about fire? Fire. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> the the riff is the same riff as Ace of Spades. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It absolutely is. Um. <laughs> like literally the exact same thing. Yeah. Um. I think for me, this is probably the one that comes the closest to being a thrash precursor. Yeah. It's yeah. just so fast and mm-hmm. so never never stops. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like it doesn't feel so rock and rolly to, as the rest of the album. It, it feels very like fast and 
aggressive this one yeah absolutely i quite like that um like the big chant in the chorus the fire fire and then word yeah. fight you know that thing and there's also a yeah. thing after the second chorus i think they do a thing that doesn't happen anywhere else in the album well maybe not there's like a really interesting chord thing where it like climbs slowly like dun, 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 and then there's like a drum break for four bars and then everything kicks back in and it's just like yeah do more of that like you can change it yeah. up a bit yeah yeah exactly and then it really it ends kind of strangely this because the solo is just like this like tremolo picking almost like an octave chord yeah progression, yeah which it feels very like pop punky mm-hmm. but it just goes on for quite a long time yeah <laughs> and it just ends with that as well it's, it's kind of strange yes how do you feel about jailbait bad <laughs> I like the way it starts with uh, one of them just shouting like, "Stop wincing about!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's another track in a bit as well that's got them like talking at the top, I think. Um, yeah. But I mean, musically, it's sort of more of the same. Like you've got your you've got your double stop, ticking it down, you know that sort of deal. Um, there yeah. is a double bloody bass in the bridge of this. Yeah, I know. Phil is going crazy. Comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, it's just the lyrics. I, I refuse to even go near it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's how, gross. I, yeah. It's all... Yeah, it's mad. I mean, you can't... Like, no wonder this album sparked, like, a, quite a lot of controversy from, like, yeah. various groups and critics, and it's weird. I don't yeah. know why you decide that this is... Uh, this is Something to sing about. about. Yeah. 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 So, I, dance. How do you feel about dance? Uh, I mean... It's again very ACDC. It's got that that ACDC thing to me is like the sort of what I think is a semitone pull off, like the diddle diddle, you know, like a that yeah. sort of sound. I don't know why, but it's got that sort of feel um, for the riff, which I I mean I quite like, you know, I'm fine with that. But then it sort of gets right back into your your business as usual, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. I I think in the verse it sort of drops down to this quite like. It's not undistorted, but there's something about it which feels a lot like it feels really close to like fifties rock and roll. Like yeah, really like, like straight up traditional rock and roll. Yeah, there's something about like a lot of the production on this album, when he's not doing that the double stop stuff that like sort of jumps out, he's like if he's just going like dun 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 it's barely mm-hmm. like it's not really there, is it? You know, it's not like Exactly. Because Lemmy's distorted as well. So I think I know what you mean. Especially like the drums in this are not like shuffly, but there's lots of hi hat. And I feel like that's very yeah. 50s rock and roll. Like, there's a lot of bounce to them. A bit like yeah. Clive Burr's in the in Number of the Beast. Like there's sort of yeah. like a playful, fun bounciness to them. Mm. Yeah. And that's very 50s rock and roll in my head. That sort of mm-hmm. feel of a really shuffly hi hat drum. Yeah. Agreed. Um, also, you sort of hear his voice potentially just like does his voice break during? I think lines, so. Yeah, you... I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is weird. Yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, like, exactly. He's, yeah. he's so I, gruff. I don't know he's how so... old they are at this point. He's thirty-five. I checked. I don't know about the rest of them. Thirty-five. Yeah, oh, Lem- Lemmy okay. was thirty-five. I don't know about the rest. Interesting. All right. Um, bite the bullet. The this is the one punk thing on the album. Yeah, but it starts with someone going for fuck's sake. <laughs> Yeah, is this thing on? <laughs> so good. Is what thing on? I don't know what yeah. they're talking about. No, neither do I. I don't know if they're. I was going to say like if they're recording it live, but it took them two months, so they're probably not. I know. But yeah, they can't have been. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I love it. It's because yeah, it sounds like they get the intro wrong, and then he's like, "For fuck's sake!" But like, yeah, it must be on purpose. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they I mean they kept it in. Yeah, but otherwise, I mean. 90 seconds of like full on 70s 80s punk isn't it yeah it is this has got a bit more yeah. at least the, the bass moves a bit in this is what I'll say one of my my notes yeah. is that the he's not like he's like yeah. which again is just after sort of 10 songs in it's quite nice to hear a bit it of a walking because you've bass. got this like this you know this like twangy strummed guitar in the verse yeah and then hanging chords in yeah. the and the uh, chorus like a full on, full on actual chorus in this, and because it's hanging chords, it gives Lemmy the space to, as you say, like jump around a bit. Yeah, which is quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they somehow still managed to fit a solo in there, even though it's nice. Yeah, seconds. of course, always gotta. And and the song literally doesn't finish. Like it, yeah, it 
cuts before anything yeah. finishes. And it just cuts straight into the next song. Yeah. Madness. It is madness. Uh, the chase is better than the catch. Is it? That's what they say. Oh, That's okay. What they tell me. Well, That's what Ian Kilmister tells me. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. <laughs> this is like very straightforward, I suppose. That might be a mean way okay. of saying it, but like apparently this is one of their big ones. I wonder if this is one of the ones they played when you saw them. This is like a fan favourite. I think, it is, fan I think favorite. they played this and Shoot You in the Back, I think. Got you. What I remember. Really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just more straight down the line. Like the drums, are, it's like dun dun dat dun dun dun. You know what I mean? He's not. It's not the double time. The the chords are a bit more like down 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 down. You know, there's a bit more movement in the chords, I guess, in the verse instead of just uh, hanging on the one chord until the chorus. Um, yeah. But again, it's the lyrics for me that are the off-putting. Yeah. You know, that's sure. the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. I agree. I think. Like in the intro, you could be forgiven for thinking that it's Van Halen. Yeah. Like a sort of more basic album track from Van Halen, like yeah. the guitar tone and like that sort of hi hatty, like. Yeah. Like you can imagine them starting like that. Yeah. Yeah. I also, just as that, we've been talking a lot about Van Halen recently, like referencing. I always like, I still baffles me that that was in 75, the album we listened to. Like, how ahead it was and how yeah. good he Some, was 75 77 wasn't it? 78 sorry 78 but still six maybe i don't know yeah sometime before all of the albums that we've been listening to and like 70 something just how yeah just how far ahead of his time eddie was and how everyone just fucking copied him i know jesus he was a good egg surely bloody was so this song is four minutes 15 mm-hmm. and Boy, does it feel long. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's. I don't know if it's because it comes after a song that's 90 seconds. Yeah, true. Or if it's, I don't know, It's. it just breaks down like you're out of the solo at three minutes five. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of descends into this like live version, like this yeah. thing that would happen in a gig where it's just bass. Yeah. And it's like he's talking to the crowd for like 50 yeah. seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why is this in here? Like yeah. it completely... Just drags the the like the the momentum. Yeah, it completely drags the momentum down. Like I know that one of the things that they were really keen to do was to harness the power and the energy of their live show. Right. But surely this isn't the aspect of the live show that, that you're trying to catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The really boring <laughs> like outro. The, the bit that doesn't actually exist that you're just talking to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Christ alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Strange. Um, very very and then strange. we finish with the hammer which is a mm-hmm. very punky song yeah um, i mean it just it the first time i listened to this i mm-hmm. thought they'd like mistakenly re re put ace of spades at the end of the album with some different lyrics yeah because yep. like even the melody is pretty similar in a fair few places and yeah, I was really like, is, yeah. did they run out of music and they just he just recorded some different lyrics over Ace of Spades? Because the solo's almost the same. It starts almost the same with that, like, diddlin, diddlin, diddlin. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's yeah, it's a weird way to end your album. Like, almost bookended with, like, a copycat of track one. Yeah, it, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but what it does do, which happened in the first one, is that Phil is absolutely smashing it. Yes. And he sort of, like right at the last moment just reminds you that he is by far the best part of it yeah. <laughs> yes without probably being remembered as much yeah. as he should be mm-hmm. absolutely uh so that's the album surely is what do you what do you want to say about it how are you feeling <laughs> i'm uh i'm not feeling that good um i've i've i think the reason i've not listened to motorhead and this is probably silly is that i I remember listening to Ace of Spades, obviously, as a as a young teen, finding my way in the rock world and thinking, yeah. oh, that's cool. And like, you know, sort of understanding its iconicness. I think because the video was from the 80s and I was like, well, if they're still playing this, then, they, you know, it must be like, it must be a big deal. Look how grainy all that footage is. Christ. Um, and then I remember getting Guitar Hero and playing Overkill and thinking, this is the same song. This is... This is the same song, but we sing in different lyrics. And then I also remember that that song goes on for way too long and thinking, is that why it's called Overkill? Um, (laughs) 
And so I never really listened to them because I don't, I didn't really like his voice and I still don't. And the two songs I'd heard sounded exactly the same. And I was like, I'm, I'm probably missing something, but I think I'll stay clear and, and I'll listen to other things instead. And this week has kind of vindicated my suppositions, mm. I suppose. Yeah. It's like yeah. the, the quote at the top, the one you gave is entirely fine and entirely spot on like the concentrate on very basic music loud fast like that is what they do it's like good time rock and roll i mean with occasionally dodgy lyrics i mean like pretty pretty bad lyrics but sometimes you know like also dodgy uh yeah and it's just not for me like i i i don't know like why you would listen to this 12 songs when they're all pretty much the same like it's yeah. not very it's not very interesting like nothing nothing again like i understand its place in the history of the stuff that i do listen to but i'd rather listen to that because that like took this like it took the mentality of this like the feel of it and did stuff with it whereas this is just like hey guess what i'm gonna play an a and then we'll go to the d for the chorus and then we'll go back to the A and then you do a guitar solo. And if we do that three times, that's a song. Okay, that's one in the can. Now let's do it in the key of B. Okay, perfect. And like, it's not for me. So yeah. I, I understand the legacy, It's but I it's it's lost on me. It goes straight over my head. I did not enjoy this album and I will not be listening to any more Motorhead. I do not think. What about you? Yeah, I, I sadly really agree. Like... Obviously, it's really difficult every time we hit a, in quote a, marks, A big classic. name, yes. Yeah, because there's part of you that's like, well, you know, with, with Iron Maiden, I was like, what if I don't like it? It's mm-hmm. Iron Maiden. Yeah. And this week, I was like, oh, this is what happens if I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like it. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, And I, I think part of me feels even weirder about that because they were the first band I saw live. And yes. I sort of like... You know, I, I was like, I talked my dad into buying us tickets to go see them. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like he was like, boy, you need to listen to yeah. this. Like, I was like, <laughs> right dad, can we go? Yeah, exactly. Like, So part of me was like, well, I I have to have liked them. I, I wanted to go see them as yeah. a 13 year old. But yeah, it's just like listening to 12 of them in a row is like, it's, it's quite boring. Yeah. And it's only half an hour. You know what I mean? Like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels yeah, like yeah. an eternity. <laughs> Yeah, it does. I mean, I think, like, as they say, they're a good times rock and roll band. Yeah. And for me, that means quite basic song structures, quite basic mm-hmm. repetitive compositions, mm-hmm. and really basic lyrics. Like, mm-hmm. for me, that's that's what that quote means, really. And, and they are. And as you say, I am very grateful that some people listened to this and went, we can do something with that idea. Yeah. But I'm always going to listen to Metallica over this, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, did you pick three songs? <sighs> yeah, but... Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> it feels bad, but Ace of Spades, because it's genuinely yeah. maybe the best song on the album. Um, yeah. I also uh, went with We Are The Road Crew, because... Uh, I do quite like it, and then uh, maybe maybe fire fire, but also maybe uh, fast and loose because it's like got the twelve eight. But you know they're sort of like half hearted picks. If I'm honest, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> I went Ace of Spades, We Are the Road Crew, and Shoot You in the Back. Okay, yeah, for the Western movies. For the Western <laughs> movies, so only one of them's going on. So what do we do? I know. Um... I mean, it seems weird to not put Ace of Spades on, but it also feels kind of cliched to put Ace of Spades yeah, on. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, why don't we go We're the Road Crew? Why don't we go... I mean, I do it's... really love that song. Yeah, I mean, it's a similar sort of good time, straightforward rock and roll, you know what I mean? It's like, it sums up yeah. the album, doesn't it? Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Fine, okay. We are the Road Crew. Perfect. Going on the playlist. Um, should we listen to something else next week? We should. Let's get the old number in the old spreadsheet. Lovely. Let's do it. Yeah, I've got a number. It is da 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 number thirty-six. Okay, this is going to be interesting, Kyle. We are Uh-oh. revisiting a <gasps> band that we disagreed about. Oh, Hatebreed. 
<laughs> we're going to listen to Black Gives Way to Blue oh. by Alice in Chains. Oh, okay. Where is Which that? Is their, this is their comeback album from oh. the late noughties, post Lane Staley's death, post Mike Starr's death. Shit. And uh, this is when they reformed with a vastly different lineup. And uh, Okay. Well, shit. Okay, so is this an album you know at all? Nope, not at all. Well, all right. You? I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Top ten all time. <laughs> I was just kidding about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I hope not. Pulling um, your leg. <laughs> how can people get in touch with us, Kyle? We are on Twitter and Instagram at ChewTheMetal. You can email us, ChewTheMetal at gmail.com. Uh, if you don't mind going on Apple Podcasts, you can give us a rating and a review. And if you listen to us on Spotify, you can now actually rate a podcast on Spotify. But you have to be like a verified listener, which I suppose means you have to have listened to at least one episode or something on Spotify. So if you can mm-hmm. do that, then please do. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Um, okay, well, that has... Uh, sadly been a, a slightly disappointing listen yeah. of Ace of Spades by Motorhead uh, we're going to go listen to Black Gives Way to Blue by Alice in Chains and we shall see you next week thank you bye perfect got? You, got, you got a number I think you have the number don't you <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so yes I do have the number. I'm sorry. I forgot this works. That's Take right. two. Take two. Sorry. And uh, try to pick up where... Th- where uh, what's the phrase? Pick up where things left off? Is yeah. That... Where they left off? Well, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's what they did. Maybe. <laughs>